Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I want to thank y'all. I want to thank my family. I see some of y'all here. And uh, it's a blessing. You know, I feel like I'm blessed to get a reward from y'all. I get. I feel like I'm blessed to be standing, to be breathing. You know, we just buried my drummer Saturday. And he's been my drummer for 37 years. You know, but I have a lot of cats that's been with me for a long time because we love what we do. We we blessed to do what we do. Music is something that ain't nothing like it. I don't care what you do in your life. You know, but all of the guys that's worked with me in the past, and I look to the guys like Professor Longhead, James Booker, Huey Piano Smith, Alan Toussaint, as piano players that I was blessed to work with. I look at guys like guitar players that taught me how to play a guitar. I never learned how to play no piano. I studied how to play the guitar, and I studied under good teachers, A.J. Goomer. I studied under Walter Papoose Nelson, and I studied under Roy Montrell. And they were all great guitar teachers. Everybody in my life was a blessing to me. Do you know, there's, like right now, I'm going to thank all the people that's here from BMI, the people from the booking agent, whether it's William Morris, Rosebud, and publishing company people, Warner Chapel, all you people, Mike Panleone is my attorney. And I'm going to tell you this. My, 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 my accountants is Martin Cohen and all the people, whoever y'all are that's helped me, if I ain't mention your name, it's too bad. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. You know what? It, what's important is to me is I say this to y'all. Look, music is a blessing. And all of y'all that's in this thing tonight, whether you received your reward, you didn't receive your reward, you're blessed to be here. And T.I.S. Thank you. Welcome to a special edition of Archivist Vets on Sexy, which is a podcast from the Geek Girls Perspective. I am the head hauntress, and uh, we do memorial uh, episodes from now and again. Not usually, though. We usually just give like maybe a half an hour at top of one of our regular episodes, especially if it's someone in the horror community, and make sure we give a shout out. I didn't think it was very appropriate just to give a, a quick shout out to actually several people who've died who've died in the last 
three weeks per se, but one in particular hit me pretty hard. And so I thought we'd come on and just have a talk about it tonight. And that would be uh, Mr. Mac, Dr. John Rebenack himself, Dr. John, a.k.a. the Night Tripper, the musician out of New Orleans, American when I always believe about him, if you want to look in a, 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 a dictionary and see true American, look it up and see a picture, you would see Dr. John. He is what America should strive to be. And so I thought we'd just give him a little bit of time and talk about him tonight. Let me first introduce my, um, my panel tonight, my sexy witches. I have one of my regular sexy witches on. That would be... Uh, we'll bring her writings right now. She's currently in Los Angeles. It's the Enchantress of Nevermore, Reed of Indesper Hawk. Good evening. Howdy. Howdy. Thank you for coming on tonight and talking some music instead of um, film or television or horror. I will probably still make horror references because it's in my DNA. But uh, no well, offense, Matt. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention that Disney... And Dr. John overlap. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, my uh, repo nerd correspondent, or I keep calling him correspondent. I do apologize. I just like that word. I use it every day at work, believe it or not. Correspondent. Uh, so, but my co-host, a repo nerd, please welcome to the show in Charleston, West Virginia, Steve Wandling. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? We're back on already to talk about music I and the uh, true American heritage. I know, I'm very, so, I'm very excited for to talk about music. Very excited. And yeah, very, very, yeah. pay my respects as well. Exactly. And uh, hold on the line just for a moment. And joining sure. us tonight is a colleague and friend of mine. We used to podcast together for a brief time, and we both really enjoyed doing it together. He's also a musician, a very good one, and I wanted to invite him on the show because so he, he, Dr. John happens to be one of his favorites. So please welcome to the show, Mr. Osrio Mordecai. Hello, sir. You're on with the Sexy Witches. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Long Hello. time hearing your voice, sir. How you been doing? It has been a while. I'm doing pretty good. Not too bad. I'm really busy. That's good to hear. Great. Are you playing your music lately? Uh, yeah, we've been playing um, pretty much monthly at a place in upstate New York called The Beginning 2 and uh, working on some new material. But I mostly have been busy with a lot of artwork lately. Oh, oh nice. nice. So you're doing visual artwork. Oh yeah, I've been doing I've been doing graphic art since I was uh, professionally since I was like 15. Uh, I kind of stopped around 2001. Uh, stopped drawing for about 10 years, and uh, was focusing on music and got back into it. And I'm lucky enough to have artwork in uh, three different movies in the last couple of years, uh, a couple of RPG projects, uh, you know, lots of different stuff. I'm doing artwork for the Freemasons now, so. Nice. Why didn't I know that about you? A lot of people I, didn't. I um, you know, I started, you know, with the music. That was always my my first, uh, you know, first love. So I really focused on that. A lot of people who were close to me didn't even know that I drew. 
Well, and then you and I bonded over because of the video nasty list. You, you and I can go Ted for Ted on that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a fun conversation. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, so, you know, we, we bonded immediately, obviously, Raven and Steve over the video nasties, because anybody that's attended the video nasties is a friend of mine. <clears throat> but see, we're Absolutely. not here to talk. <clears throat> we're not a film, we're not talking film tonight, necessarily, though. I'm sure we're going to talk about what we want. Now, I want to say to anyone listening, first of all, thank you. If you are listening out there, um, please call in thank you. Uh, and join in. Yeah, um, we're, we're live. So it's uh, guest call in 646. 716-9172. Once again, 646-716-9172. The sexy witches are looking forward to your call. And you don't have to just limit it to Dr. John. Uh, you can talk about anything you want to talk about. But also, I mean, we also lost Bush Bill recently. The great Rocky Erickson passed on, which honestly, I could do a show just on Rocky Erickson. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we also lost. No, not this. Really. Uh, three weeks ago, we lost Leon Redbone. Um, which, oh. which also breaks my heart. And interesting enough, it, my favorite like Christmas song ever done, like like cover wise, is is Leon Redbone, Doctor John's Not Frosty the Snowman. It's one of those songs where you listen to it instantly. You just want to like put stockings up and open presents and eat Creole food. It's the best. So uh, you I know, do that anyway. That's but yeah, that helps. <laughs> it, well, it gets you ready. It gets. It. Thank you. <laughs> Good night, evil genius. I just uh, um, evil genius. <laughs> Go ahead. I thought I dropped out there for a second. No, I just uh, um, I, I Rocky Erickson. Um, when I was I did a when I was still in college. I think it was just called like American Music History: A Panorama. And at the end of the term, I mm-hmm. just had to give a uh, um, like a you know I stand up and teach everybody a little lecture on the musician that I liked, and I actually did Rocky. Um, Erickson, and uh, so yeah, that 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 one actually hit me. I think the way Dr. John kind of hit you, but I mean, it's all terrible losses. Uh, it, yeah. Well, yes, I mean, it, it's one of those things. But there's something unique about Dr. John above all others, and I actually honestly don't know what exactly it was. I had the honor of meeting him. And seeing him perform, uh, my husband for a while worked in uh, Blues Alley, which is a small club here in the Washington, D.C. area in Georgetown, which is, you know, the, the, the hippie, not hippie, but hip, cool, but like old school sure. area of Washington, D.C. Lots of bread bricks. The, uh, the exorcist stairs are there. People go see those. Right. They're now a landmark. Um <clears throat> Blues Alley was kind of across the street and to the left from there, and it literally was in an alley. Like, you turn a corner, there was this old stable that would been barn, brick barn that had been turned into a club. And uh, my husband was doing sound there for a couple... uh, How many years, Paul, were you doing sound there? Three or four years, yeah. And I saw a lot of amazing acts there. I got to see Ward there. I got to see Alan Toussaint there. Uh, you know, I, oh, but, but in, in the top five best dates of all time, maybe number two, um, of all time, I would say that my husband taking me to see Dr. John in that venue was absolutely the best, <laughs> the best, not only in that, one of the best concerts I ever went to. Uh, it, oh. it was, it's a small room, right? It, remember this used to be a barn. So, and it's the lower level of a barn. 
So it's called a listening club. They don't allow you to clap. You have to sit there and listen to the show. (laughs) You clap at the end. Now, when Dr. Don was performing, of course, there was a couple of times where everyone was on their feet singing along because it's Dr. John and you're not going to stop that. Just not going to happen. Right. Uh, his band was amazing. That was backing him up. I wish I honestly, and Osriel, I wish I knew you probably know some of the guys I saw. They were kind of famous in their own right. And I, I feel guilty that I don't remember their names, but I couldn't find them on the web before the show. Uh, but they were some of them were so in close by. We were sitting at a table. It was a double date. Four of us are at this table. Literally, if the saxophone player had tripped, he would have fell into one of our laps. And that was not an exaggeration. Uh, he wasn't even on the stage. Dr. John was on the stage with the drummer and had a huge piano, two pianos, actually. He like would turn and play whenever he wanted to. And he had this ginormous crawdad, ginormous crawdad, like, Clip claw. The claw was as big as a like, I would say a a dinner plate, maybe that big. And it was an old crawdad craw, and then he had a human skull next to it. And it was doing. He was doing Duke Ellington covers. That was his album he was with. It was a Duke Ellington record, and so he did a lot of that. And um, then of course he did some of his hits and. Um, you know, and in lot from the Night Tripper, the Greed Greed's record, which is probably one of my favorite records of all time, the Night Tripper record. When he, all he has to do is say, "They call me Doctor John," and you want to see an entire room just shake. <laughs> you know, that's all he had to say. <laughs> it was there was just something commanding about being in his presence, and 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 there's more to this story. I'm gonna save it because it continues after the concert. Um, we it, it it keeps going. So I'm going to stop now, and I'll tell the rest of the story later. Does anybody else here want to talk about Dr. John, like a performance, or how they feel listening to his albums? And talk about your records or the singles you like. Who wants Oz? Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, you know, I think the cool thing about Dr. John is he's one of them rare cases where you have a guy who basically considered himself a jazz player, but he crossed over into the rock genre to, you know, a level of uh, acceptance that you don't really see with jazz players. You know, offhand, I can only think of like uh, Jocko Pistorius or Ginger Baker who are, you know, hardcore jazz players who also are accredited by rock guys as being big influences. You know, Dr. John played with guys like Eric Clapton and stuff. I mean, kind of, you know, puts his uh, range of, you know, the people that he's hitting just beyond your typical jazz player, you know. So, you know, and and the thing that saddens me, though, is he's kind of like one of the last few connections to, you know, old New Orleans before it was destroyed, you know. He really is like the mold is now broken. They're really, I've been asking and Paul and I have been talking about this for a week now because we've been streaming WWOZ down in New Orleans because they've been doing tributes to him literally all week, all night. Um, They, you know, they're just, they're just throwing because there's literally, I don't know, thousands of recordings of him talking, singing or hundreds. I don't know how many, but there's a lot out there. There's so much material on back. Mac left a legacy. We have a lot to dig through. That's cool. Um, and a new album. 
which is even more amazing. But, uh, you know, we got so much going on with that. But we were trying to say, who who takes his mantle? His mantle, he took Professor Longhair's mantle, who taught him how to play, and a bunch of other these, like, guitar players who taught him how to play guitar, and then he passed the mantle on. But who's taking up his mantle? I don't see any, I have no idea. Uh, I cannot think of anybody that could even get near what Dr. John is. And I don't really think that's possible, really. I mean, I think it's like somewhere around half the original residents of New Orleans have come back since the hurricane. Uh, you know, figures probably fluctuated a bit since then. But, you know, I mean, that's a large chunk of heritage of people who, you know, are, are removed from that situation. And, you know, that was so long ago at this point, the return of New Orleans, if it ever happens, you know, to that level again, is it's going to be a new culture essentially moving into it. You know, it's not going to be that old, you know, bits of Cajun, bits bits of French, bits of, you know, uh, Haitian, you know, it's not going to be that gumbo mix of, of cultural heritage that New Orleans always used to be. No, and New Orleans is forever changed. Yet, though, they do hold on to tradition pretty much with claw and fist because I've been down there twice since the floods. And they're still like, they're just, they're still trying to throw the party. They're still trying to, you know, make sure that some of that stuff is still there. There are people fighting for the cultural heritage down there. They did open a jazz center, uh, the Park Service opened some stuff. Uh, you know, so there are people trying to preserve, but it gets smaller and smaller. And, you know, th- there is some benefit to older America. Uh, you know, there's not, not all of it is negative and bad. And it's not everything in the South was terrible. New Orleans has been a unique city for better or for worse. And I do honestly believe it's a true American city. It is, you know, it, it was one of the first in, in the way that it was a hodgepodge of people that were mixed together and they somehow made it work. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, how many people in this panel have been to NOLA just out of curiosity? I've oh, never I've been. been. I almost moved there, though. I would if it wasn't so darn hot in the summer. But if yeah. I could find a way to move <laughs> there and it not be hot, I would go. I, I like the heat. I have no problem living in the desert. The humidity kills me. And it's bad there. Um, right. Tom Robbins, one of my favorite writers, he wrote in a book once that he called New Orleans, the, the, the humidity is the great humping beast. And the only way to tame uh-huh. it is to eat hot, spicy Creole foods. Uh, <laughs> and it's pretty okay. accurate. What's, yeah. Oz, have you been to NOLA on tour or just to visit or like Mardi Gras or I anything have like not, that? Actually. I have not. Here's I've gotten go. as far as Georgia. Well, Georgia has its moments, uh, but, but, uh, <laughs> New Orleans really is unique. I, I and and if you go to New Orleans, I think you do get a little bit an idea of what Dr. John was because he is New Orleans. I mean, he is so New Orleans. It's you know, it, it's but it's even more than that. Like I would say, he might be the personification of that city. Like if he dies, the city yeah. is going to die too because he is king. You know, I, like I'm worried about that. <laughs> 
It, it, he, but yeah, it, it really is. I mean, everyone thinks Professor Longhair is, but maybe it's Dr. Don, but both of them are reigning mm-hmm. together. Dude, that jazz session's awesome. Uh, so uh, I, I'm really sad that he's gone that way. Um, so I highly recommend anybody that has it. And it's a cheap city. I will say one thing that's great about New Orleans is that there is a lot of things to do that aren't very expensive. Even though you can lose your money there easily, there's a casino. I wouldn't walk in the casino, but there is a casino there. Um, I would go. It, you, the, the food is good and cheap, and there's a lot of stuff to do that's cheap and free. Just walking around costs no money. Uh, you know, the, the, the trolley takes you everywhere. There are cemeteries to explore. The city park is amazing. Uh, there's so much to do down there. Highly recommend a couple of beignet shops. It's not Cafe Du Monde. There's a couple there that I could point you towards that are, yeah. One's called The Morning Call. Oh, my God. Totally eat there. Um, you, know, uh, you know, we also lost uh, Dookie Chase. She was from that generation also. Actually, she's older than Dr. John. She was the, she she uh, ran the Creole shop, and that place was not only important to food and be remained open to important food even now. It was also a center of the civil rights movement. So there's so much history and 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 culture down there that we don't want to lose. And losing Dr. John is going to be a huge hit, I think. So. Now, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone's mortal. People die. He knew that. Yeah, but there's there's something so supernatural, like you said when earlier when you were talking about how there's something you can place. Like, I I think there's just a supernatural kind of feeling about him, like it is New Orleans, and that's just sad. There's a very finite amount of people, if there's a God in heaven, that I think are actually going to heaven. One of them is Jimmy Carter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, true. Uh, the, true. O- the other one, one of them is Doctor John. There's he knew he said he was going to heaven. He believed in heaven, and his own heaven is, is believe me, is his own design. Because the man, a lot of people don't know, he's not only a great musician, he was a philosophy major. Uh, and, yep. uh, and of course he was not Christian <laughs> at all. He was that <laughs> Creole voodoo and he, and, and no, it, it, people were like, oh, it was just for show. No, not for show. Hey, I would, no. that it, you know, it, he could make it stick if you believed in it. Uh, so, uh, that's you know, like part of he, the culture there. I mean, that's like being from the Bible belt, you know, you, you pretty, pretty, uh, you know, you go to church on Sundays if you're from the Bible Belt. You know, you're you're very yeah. spiritual if you come from New Orleans. No, you absolutely. I can attest and to the a, Bible Belt. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I can attest for New Orleans in its own style. Even its Christianity is its own thing down there. I mean, like everything about New, or- New Orleans is local. It's it 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 doesn't push out. It reflects in on itself, and you know that is actually changing too because more outsiders are coming in. It's starting to push. You know, the culture from the outside is starting to, it's encroaching. That's the word, encroachment. It's encroachment, which is actually a term in the park service. I know that Raven can attest to this. Like when a park is, is a beautiful park is getting built around on the borders, but the park itself is fine, but the borders are, are being, um, are, are, are flushed with buildings or whatever. That's called encroachment. So it actually is like it's trapping 
a, uh, uh, trapping the, the beauty inside and no one gets to use it because you can't get to it easily. And, and that's what I think is happening to New Orleans. It's being encroached by outside culture and it's slowly warping and changing what's inside. And uh, maybe, and I'm not saying that it's not bad to have mixture of cultures. Absolutely, we should have a mixture of cultures. That's how you learn. But, you know, and New Orleans is always giving itself out. You know, new, go to New York. You'll see a lot of folks that record in New Orleans <laughs> up in New York. You know, it's my, more about my, that loss of identity that New Orleans had. Yeah, it's real. That is right, Oz. That's exactly right. It's the loss of identity. My um, my father-in-law, he has a relationship with New Orleans as well. Um, he is a sound engineer, and uh, he had he was an engineer for a label called Stomp Off Records, which is located in New Orleans, but they did their sound in San Francisco. <laughs> so, which is kind of interesting because there's a lot of recording studios in New Orleans, but they did it out in San Francisco or you know, in our area, the Bay Area, in Oakland, actually. Uh, so, so uh, you know, he was in New Orleans occasionally, and um, he talks about seeing Dr. John a couple of times. He would come on, I really would like him to come on himself, because he would know these stories better than I can. But I did want to relay this story, because he says one of the best concerts he ever went to was Dr. John in New Orleans. And get this, okay, and it is kind of a doozy. It was the Neville Brothers opening for Dr. John, who was opening for Fats Domino on a riverboat in the Mississippi. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it doesn't get any awesome. I think he trumped us all there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad saw him right. in L.A. with Frank Zappa, which is pretty awesome. Oh, wow. Uh, pretty but, yeah, that's no riverboat. <laughs> Raven, you said you got to see him once perform, right? Um, I didn't actually get a ticket, but it was an outdoor concert. I didn't, it was just kismet. I just happened to be there. Um, and I caught part of it. Um, huh. and holy cow. Cause it was at one of those, uh, zoo concerts or whatever up in Portland. So if mm-hmm. you had a ticket to the zoo, you could just see the concert, <laughs> you know, you're already in. Um, and I had no idea he was playing, um, but, yeah, I stood by the monkey cage for a while because I couldn't get in at that point. But I just stood there and watched what I could. Um, and, yeah, it was amazing, even with, like, a partial view and not an actual concert ticket. <laughs> That's awesome, though. <laughs> I'm sure he had appreciated that, actually. Hey, there's a little kid playing on the watching car the watching the <laughs> Woo, you know. Yeah. Hey, yeah. it's awesome. So, does anybody here have a favorite song or album? I have a favorite song. What's your favorite song? Um, mine is Cabbage Head. I don't think I downloaded that one. I should have asked earlier. Oh, goodness but... me. Oh, man. The lyrics are so special. And just, you know, how he his accent comes through in his lyrics. And singers' accents don't always come through in their lyrics. And when they do, I really love it. Um, and so <laughs> Dr. John would be a prime example of that. How about you, Steve? Is there anything in particular that you uh, when you think of Dr. John's or a song in particular pops into your head or an album? I'm sure Oz and I are going to have a few, so I'm going to ask you first. There's a few. 
there's a there's a lot of stuff that pops in my head, but there's an earlier song that I was trying to find. I think it's called Bad Neighborhood. It's from the early '60s, and I love that song. It's just a very it's 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 an earlier cut. It's more rhythm and bluesy, you know, than some of the more jazzier and out there stuff. But I also like this big singles. I'm always the guy. I'll dive into the deep cuts and stuff a lot of times, but. I'm never really, um, you know, going to be upset about admitting that I think, you know, uh, what is it, Right Place, uh, Wrong Times, like a perfect, perfect kind of song, you know, in its own way. So, um, but yeah, there's uh, that, uh, Bad Neighborhood is a a cool early one, I think, as a single, but... uh, Night trip. There's, you know, it's it's all fine, but um, I'm sure that you all both know way more about. No way, have have gone way deeper. It sounds like Dr. John than I ever have. Well, I mean, I'm a fan. I'm not an expert, and I, I don't think any of us here would consider ourselves experts. So I want to make yeah. sure people know that we are. If we make a mistake here, don't yell at us later. We're we're all in mourning. <laughs> we might make some mistakes, oh, um, but I would say. I, I was having a really hard time picking music for tonight because I was like, which is my favorite Dr. John song? It was like trying to decide which finger to cut off. I mean, because I would click on one and then I'd be like, oh, I love this song. I click on another. and Oh, I love that song. I, it was like that for like, and I was running late today because my computer at work, the tech broke. So I couldn't actually like on my breaks work on the show and uh so i had to wait and do this at seven and i got the show up at eight so i crammed a bunch of music down my own throat here but i want to say um i really 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 liked his last studio record locked down locked down is a solid album from first track to last track i've been playing some of that tonight uh god sure good is from that record the opening song i played uh it is i highly highly recommend that record even if you've never heard dr john before uh he went through this period where he was doing other people's work like i said he did the duke ellington record there's actually a name for it and when i saw him on tour but this is his he went back to his dr john persona for this record because he didn't tour just as dr john sometimes he toured as mac ruminac i mean he, he would change up and they were slightly different musical styles and characters which is interesting, but the, yet it was completely authentic and the same person. But, you know, it was just that was how he shifted, how you would say, okay, you're going to get this kind of set. Okay, you're going to get that kind of set. That's really what it meant. And I thought that was kind of interesting about it. Uh, this record goes back to really his, cool. like, Gree Gree days. And it is solid from beginning to end. It is such a good record. I highly recommend Lockdown. It's his last record, and it's easy to find. Um, of course, I would say, Oz, you probably feel the same way about Greek Grease, the Night Tripper. Um, it's probably one of the best 45 minutes ever made. Definitely solid. Um, as far as I go, my my go-to favorite song is uh, kind of an oddball one. Uh, I Walk on Gilded Splinters. Great, great tune. Love the title. Good shot. Um, I think I have that on the list tonight, actually. As far as albums go, I actually, uh, maybe it's because it's the last one that I bought physically and uh, kind of lived in my player for a while. Uh, my favorite would be Tribal, the one right before lockdown. Um, I think it's That's a, a pretty really good record, too. Album. 
<laughs> I think there's a lot of solid cuts on there that tend to go overlooked because, I mean, the guy's got such a huge catalog, especially if you go into the stuff that he was a musician on, and, it, that you could probably listen to something new every day of the year. So. Was I, I someone, I, I don't have the exact number, but I think someone said, and this is just his studio records. He has 50, 50, five zero studio records. Wow. Whoa. It's, <laughs> that's not counting. And he's been a studio musician since he was 14 years old. So he, yeah, this he is not counting his probably hundreds. Not his session work. This that didn't count yeah. his appearances on other people's albums or collaborations or you know, uh, <laughs> you know he 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 ran the gambit. But yeah, no, Tribal's a pretty good record. And, uh, yeah, you're right. I don't listen to it as often, and I should probably go back and listen to it a bit more. I just get so stuck on Lockdown uh, as a current record. I, I just it's such a solid solid record. Um, a, a single song. <sighs> Mama Rue is my favorite single song by Dr. John. And and to me, if you want to say, what is New Orleans? Dr. John singing Mama Rue, to me, is New Orleans. <laughs> I mean, it, everything about it. Because Mama Rue, of course, is the sexy witch of New Orleans, the oldest pharmacy in the world. She lived there. And, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of things going down with Mama Rue. And I just love that cut. And that's, I think, the second or oh, third yeah. cut on Grigri. Uh so I, I, rec- I recommend that song highly as well. Um, matter of fact, it's on a play. I have it on the playlist tonight. Uh, <clears throat> what else do we got? Um, any, well, uh, Raven, why don't you talk about his collaborations with, of all things, Walt Disney? All things. Well, I know of two things. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully that's all, because that's what I know about. That's I, know I think there did. is only two. <laughs> Um, he did uh, a cover of You've Got a Friend and Me uh, with, I think it was Steve Tyrell. Um, and then he did, he did Cruella DeVille for the 1991 uh, 101 Dalmatians. The one with Jeff Gaines. Oh, you, I can't remember. Uh, you missed one. He's done three. Did I? I, re- I oh. Yeah, I thought it was only two, and you got one I didn't know. I didn't know about the oh. Dalmatians. He yeah, did, he did Cruella he wrote, DeVille. He wrote and performed a song in uh, The Princess and the Frog, which is the New Orleans-based oh, Disney princess. <laughs> with, and he wrote the villain song, which is like the best song in the movie. It uh, is. So, That's a great soundtrack, too. Just the whole yeah, thing well, is really underrated, and the movie's underrated. Funny, because I actually find it a misfire, like a slight misfire. <laughs> I think partly because I think he should have scored the whole piece. But that's just me. That would have been great. Think that, no, I that think would have been great. I, I, I feel like it needed more Creole Spice added when it came to the songs. And when, there, when, it, when, it, when it had it. It was it very user-friendly. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Yeah. I also, my, my daughter, like, she gets so mad at me when, when movies don't have good happy endings. Matter of fact, we just watched The Stars Born, and that was a big oh, mistake no. on my part because she was so <laughs> mad at me at the end of that. She's like, what? He killed himself? What? Yeah, she couldn't handle that. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> so that was like... You know, it's really, really sad, actually. But that movie also has a very awkward death in it, 
and she was like, what are you showing me, Mom? This movie was good till just now. You know, she just gets so mad at me. I'm like, I'm sorry. Not all of life has a happy ending. It's just how it works. Uh-huh. Even Disney knows that sometimes. Uh, you know, yeah. so uh, barely, but they do know. Now I'm digressing. But anyway, Dr. John did work on Princess and the Frog. So if you want to hear some stuff, I did not load any of that tonight. But um, you can totally find that on the web. Easy enough. Um you know, pretty much, Oz, what, you know, let me ask you something. You said jazz musician, but is he really jazz? Because I've always tried to put this in my mind. I really can't place, I mean, because he could do it all. Listening to him plays blues, you know, it just kind of... Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, he's such a signature New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans jazz is a lot different than what most people would think of as jazz. It tends to be a lot right. more upbeat. Uh, you know, the for as dark as the culture of New Orleans seems to be, uh, they tend to be very happy and upbeat with their music. Uh, you know, the the funeral tradition, for example, is a great uh, reference. You know, where they they play upbeat music for funeral marches. People would dance, well, you know, and- that sort of thing. I, I, I love New Orleans funerals. They, I've always said that if I had a, re- a funeral, which I don't really want one, I would love it. That was, that's the style I'd want. I'd want sad procession to the cemetery or to wherever I'm being burned, or in this case, St. Joseph's, which is, I wonder if the crew of St. Joseph's is going to do something next to Mardi Gras for him. Um, say, for you to, if you don't know, the St. Joseph's crew, they um, – you watch Treme. They actually show up in Treme, um, the HBO TV series, and so does Dr. John a lot because, you know, right. Dr. John. <laughs> yeah. Saint yeah, Joseph I certainly wouldn't say, you know, he's a hardcore jazz musician in the sense that most people no. think about it. You know, I mean, he kind of defied titles, especially if you think get a look at a song like uh, was mentioned earlier, Right Place, Wrong Time. I mean, that's a straight up rock song, in my opinion. You know, and it, you don't it is, really it is hear that song. with jazz. Yeah, and, you name and, me another jazz song that you can think of that that rocks. Exactly. <laughs> no, and I just played such a night um, underneath while we were talking, which is also from that record, and it's a it's a blues bluesy jazz song, but it's actually pretty upbeat as well, even for a song that's a little on the sad side. I mean, there is a string of hope, and op- there always is a string of hope. And, and and positivity in New Orleans that I like I said there's only there's no other city like New Orleans it it really is its own thing and uh, uh you know I I loved going there and I'll highly highly recommend the frozen white Russians while you're out there um and uh, <laughs> uh it, I'm not I, if I if I was gonna go back I wouldn't go back for Mardi Gras I would go back for Quarterfest which is in April. And that is when they shut down the French Quarter, and it's a free concert with all the local musicians. So it's like 20 stages in the French Quarter, and every stage has something going on. And and you can do that almost. And what's great about New Orleans and Dr. John is that you could be – there's clubs everywhere, you know, in in New Orleans, not just in the French Quarter. They're everywhere. It's a pretty big city. And there's bridges and weirdness to it. And you could be in a club in the edge of the French Quarter and Dr. John would just walk in, sit in and start playing. I mean, that's how New Orleans is. That's how New that's how Dr. John was. I mean, he's just like 
you know, it's time to do it. <laughs> you know, I don't think, like I said, I, I, I'm starting to lose my words here because I just can't see anything like that happening ever again. It's not like, you know, yeah, sure, Bruce Springsteen can rock in the stone pony, but is that even close to what Dr. John contributed to us? If you understand what I'm saying when it comes to roots, of America, <laughs> if you want oh, to compare yeah. them. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's the only like a, you know, a New Orleans Lemmy, you know, he just always kind of had that swagger and he was who he was. He didn't really, you know, give a damn what anybody really thought about it. You know? No, he, uncompromising. That is very true. Uh, <laughs> so, and he had yeah. every right to be uncompromising. Uh, let me tell you the end of my story now that it's been a few minutes. Um, so this is after the show. I get to meet him, and I shake his hand. And meeting him, I'm not going to get into what I said. It was mostly normal, nervous, oh, my God, I'm meeting someone I've always wanted to meet all my life, fangirl problem that I always have. Um, but in the alleyway, while we're all just casually talking to Dr. John, there's this guy with the old man with this huge fro sitting there holding drumsticks, which wasn't on stage. We're like, who is that? And then we realized who it was, and the guy next to him that came to see him was Mitch Mitchell. He was the drummer of the Jimi Hendrix Experience and plays on my favorite record of all time, Axis Bold is Love. Granted, he has the widest track on the history of tracks on a Jimi Hendrix record, which he's so fine, uh, but it's still friggin' Mitch Mitchell. And my friend Joe, who's also there, he's a sound musician, he works with Paul, he's a he's sound guy, just happened to have his Jimi Hendrix compendium in his in his car, just like by coincidence, it was in there. I was able to get him to sign it while we were there. Um, wow. <laughs> and it gets better than that. There's this cute waitress. She's in her mid mid twenties, late maybe late twenties. I forget. She's a nice girl. I only met her a couple of times. Um, we're all talking, and he starts talking about philosophy, and he and the girl goes, "Oh, I'm a philosophy major." Suddenly, the rest of us were not important. <laughs> <laughs> so, and next thing you know, talks over to her, and they start talking for a while. We're just, you know, okay, fine. We all go. We start doing our things. Paul has to clean up. You know, we're all talking. Joe, Joe say he's freaking out about Mitch Mitchell and getting his thing and gushing over him. And you know, we're doing our thing. Rest in peace, by the way. He also passed. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I think now. And so we have all this going on and, um, and we're about to leave. And we noticed that, um, you know, they went to go get John, Dr. John's car. Remember how I mentioned going back to it, that this was an alley, like literally in an alley. So you have to walk down the alley to get to the street where the car is. This is my last image of John, Dr. John as a person. <laughs> He's walking down cane in one hand and of course this badass cane looks like it can kill werewolves with it right badass cane a whiskey in the other and crooked in his arm is that <laughs> waitress they get in the car and they drive off fuck yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it what well, better isn't final that... could there have been it sounds mythic <laughs> and, right. and her boss her boss goes, she doesn't have any idea what she's in for. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you know, it was awesome, you know. That's a, good, that's <laughs> a great just, story. That's beyond it. It's a great oh, thing. It? It, it is. I had that all in my head. I had that all in my head. The cane. 
I, I'm Good. sure there's people that can tell it better, and I'm probably embellishing something accidentally, but really, that was my interpretation of what I was watching, and it was just glorious, right? It, and it's like, that's that how I want to remember Dr. John, just being a badass, right? <laughs> you know, that's what he was. Uh, so here, I'm going to cheers to him right now. I have some whiskey in my hand. Here's to uh, Dr. John. Cheers. <sighs> All right. Excellent. So, all right. It's been kind of late. Oz, what would you like to add to this story? And I will let everyone have some final words about our man. And then I'm going to play a little bit, say sign off for the night and play a little music on the way out. So. Um, well, there's an anecdote that I, I heard him tell that I really do like, but I think somebody should mention that he wrote the Popeye's chicken jingle. Yeah, you said that. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I forgot you meant Everybody's that. heard that. So everybody can say they've at least heard one Dr. John song. Um, you know, he switched, he, he played guitar and he switched over to piano. And uh, he was asked why he did that. And he told this story about a young musician in his band whose mother, who said it was a sweet lady, loved her to death, had told him that if anything happened to her son on tour, she was going to cut off his cojones, as he put it. And he saw this kid getting pistol whipped one night after a show and uh, went to his rescue. And in the process, got shot, and his finger was pretty much blown off, had to be reattached. And it interfered with his ability to play guitar after that point. So he switched over to playing piano. Um and I, I love the fact you mentioned earlier that he does, you know, or did the two piano thing. Because the only other person I'd ever seen do that was Tori Amos. Um, so I kind of associate that with her. But um, I, She's I also from New Orleans, that, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. I do not know. I know she's recorded in New I Orleans. So. I don't know. I, I she's definitely awesome. recorded there. Oh, I yeah. know she recorded there. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I believe uh, Past the Mission was partly recorded in Trent Reznor's studio in New Orleans. I may be wrong about that. Um, But I I think it says something about his character, you know, that, you know, he he took a, literally took a bullet for, you know, a member of his band. You know, it's, you mentioned that you didn't know the the, the name of, the musician in his band and you know with dr john himself starting out as a session musician and you know a a tour guy like that and pretty much continuing to do that throughout his career even after achieving you know the fame that he did he 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 was always humble and respected those roots so i don't think that it's you know too much of a shame to say you don't know the guy's name because you know, I mean, he, he would respect that coming from that, you know, you just there to fill out the crowd, you know, to be a, a body on stage playing an instrument or whatever. You know, he was in those shoes. And you know, he said that there's two kinds of music. There's good music and bad music, you know. And I definitely think Dr. John is good music. Uh, amen. <laughs> good music. Amen. I, I, um, here's to Dr. John. Amen. And uh, Raven, how do, go ahead. you next. Okay, thanks. Um, I guess I'd like to say that if if you're Dr. John curious, I guarantee you, you've already heard him, and and not just the Popeyes thing. <laughs> it's like by the time 
by the time I was introduced by my dad to Dr. John, I started realizing how many places I had already seen him. And I was blown away that this was the same human from Dr. Teeth on the Muppets. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not really him, but it's him. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, no, but th- that's good. I, I actually used a picture of Dr. John next to Dr. Teeth in the slideshow. So, Love yes, it. absolutely. You but have to give a shout out to Dr. Teeth. So It's just so impressive that. For Papa Shango, too, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's, I believe so. Nice. Um, I guess, no, you're fine. It's just that. Uh, no, that's if fine. you think you're not a fan, I think you probably are. Like I'm already arguing with you, random listener, because <laughs> I'm telling you, you know him and you love him. You just don't know it, and he's been going nonstop for 50 years. And I see a lot of musicians um, who are going on solo tours now, like Roger Hodgson from Super Tramp. I just saw him, and it's all the same songs, and they sound great, and his voice is great, but it's just not as impressive as someone who still has an album coming out and they've passed away. Like he just never stopped. And I think it's so impressive. Um, and if you don't know him or like him, try again. There's, he's got so many different types of music. You'll find something you like. That's for sure. Um, Steve, what do you want to say? Oh, um, I, oh, sorry. I just uh, would add that um, I watched the Bob Dylan half fantasy, half documentary Rolling Thunder review thing that Scorsese did. And that yeah. combined with talking about this has just, uh, and I think as said, um, somebody mentioned uh, just good music, bad music. Uh, I think the key, uh, and um, yeah, I would, I would put Dr. John in that category and there's only a few people like him. Like, you know, him, Bob Dylan, like just these kind of people that can morph through. And there's nobody like Dr. John, never will be. So I, I do agree with Elizabeth that um, uh, something's lost there. And it's sad wondering what, if anything, could ever fill that. So, yeah, rest in peace. I, I want to make a huge correction right now. He didn't. Um, he didn't have thirty, uh, fifty studio albums. He only had thirty studio albums. So, you know, only 30, only 30. Only 30, yeah. And 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 the last one, the last one will be 31. Um, you know, I really have not much more to say. I said uh, pretty much what I wanted to say, but I did want to make sure people know that the new record is coming out. Uh, it was recorded in December. He knew it was going to be his last record. So this is going to be very, very interesting to hear. Uh, it's going to feature Willie Nelson, Aaron Neville, and Ricky Lee Jones. Uh, and on keyboards, a very famous local dude from, oh, wow, let me find him. I know um, his name is... Oh, where is him? I can't find his name. I had his name and I lost it because I'm not professional. Hey, anyway, uh, it's basically <laughs> like the traveling Whirlberries decides to play with Dr. John. That's basically what this is. And guess what? Um, eyes on your end. They're going to do a special version of I Walk on Gilded Splinters in a uh, trippy rendition by Ricky Lee Jones, apparently. So look for that. That I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Oh, um, it's what's his name? It's uh the 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 guy that plays the keyboards. His name is Tark Kownowski. I can't even say his name right, but he's a guy from New Orleans. It's supposed to be really really good, and he produced the record. It says. Anyway, so uh, it's gonna be great. Uh, there's gonna be covers and things of his own. 
on there. Uh, we're all looking forward to it. If you want to learn more about Dr. John and not listen uh, and not listen to his music, though you should listen to his music. He does have a, a memoir. Uh, it's called Under the Hoodoo Moon: The uh, Life and of the Night Tripper. It's supposed to be fantastic. It was written by our, by Mac Ruminak and Jack Rummel. Uh, also, if you want a gateway drug, once again, The Princess and the Frog by Disney. If you want to learn about his music or introduce your kids to the music, hmm, kids to music is always a good thing. Um, and then, of course, his infinite body of work interviews. And if you want to watch a TV show where he's featured, I would once again highly recommend the three seasons of Treme HBO, which is streaming on Amazon and where good HBO streaming is found. All this lead, and that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Mac Rubinac. And I we love you, man. Say hi to Leon up there and Bushwick Bill. I'm sure you're inviting him to the party too. And all you Southerners down up there and Leon and, of course, Rocky Erickson. South, the South and the Caribbean took a hit in the last three weeks, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We lost we lost some amazing people in the last few weeks. I mean, this has been a rough year for a lot of people this year. I mean, we could go into that. It's, we'll talk about that at the end of the year in November. But Oz, thank you for talking with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It was a lot thank of fun. you. Great, and thank you, Sexy Witches, for doing an extra show this week. Uh, we don't usually uh, do a yeah, Thursday yeah. show unless it's a special, but I thought it deserved, uh, you know, he's such a unique person. I wanted to just give a little bit of, you know, notice to, like, how much we love him and, and give him a good send-off. So, cheers, man. we see you thank up you there. Make sure those Indian chiefs are treating you well up there. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> We love the guy. And uh, we will be back on air for the sexy oh, – actually, Steve and I. Thank you, Steve, for being on. We're actually going to be on next week. Our next show is the right. 20 Repo is the 20th, and we're going to continue the Westerns conversation we had this week on the sexy witches. I first wa- – get this, Oz. I watched um, The Wild Bunch for the very first time. Oh, I know. Now I'm going to check out the Stagecoach remake. And you're going to, well, oh, good. So fantastic. So we're going to do some John Waning and some Peck and Pine. That'll be awesome. And then the next Sexy oh, yeah. Witches after that will be on the tw- Tuesday, the 25th, where I will review the Lonely Island concert, which I'm going to on the 18th, and preview oh, Days oh, of cool. the Dead Indianapolis, which I am going to be moderating panels this year. So all of that is coming now, up. If you want to do a Thank crossover, you. you have to. If you want to do a crossover, you have to have uh, the Town of Dreaded Sundown, and you can do a horror western crossover. <laughs> oh, we did. We, we've already touched horror western crossovers, but definitely uh, Town of Dreaded Sundown would be an honorable mention on our list. You should listen to that Damn episode. It was actually a lot of fun. So, uh, <laughs> except for the fun. 20 minutes I was locked out of the out of the interview, <gasps> but that's <laughs> I'm still. I'm still going through PTSD on that one. Oh, my gosh. I was messing around with black magic. I'm sorry. It was. It was. So, anyway, guys, I'm going to go ahead and drop off for the evening. I'm going to just play some music until the time runs out. Good night, everybody. Blessed be good film hunting. And see you next week for Repo Nerds. Good night. Good night. Bye.
the queen of the little red, white, and blue. She was the queen of the little red, white, and blue. Little ooh-wah, get your fire, boy. Prepare yourself to die, boy. Medicine man got heat, strong power. You know better than to mess with me. Like a rival, la 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 Like a rival, la 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 bro. You can see a spy boy sitting in the bush, messing on his head, give him a push. Get out of the dishes, get out of the pain. Ooh, he's fast for the medicine man. Second line fever today Sang a wham, bam, hang the hand Come on down, brother, follow me Wham, bam, thank you, man Come on, brother, follow me She was the queen of the little, little white The queen of the little red white
Oh, 